Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In-Flight Snack, it feels like we should be negative right now because the Jets are one in three and they get screwed by the refs and late game mishaps, all these different things. And at the same time, we have the best performance we've ever seen from Zach Wilson. The defense comes to life. Aaron Rodgers in the building. We stole the show from Taylor Swift. It's super confusing how we're supposed to feel about this game after this game. So Bilal and I are going to break it all down and kind of try and sort through our thoughts and figure out how we're supposed to feel about this team moving forward, how we're supposed to feel about this game from last night. So all that and a whole lot more coming up next on in-flight snack. Football is back and bet online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news scores and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code believe B L E A V to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Not on the defense. It's on me. We had the ball with six minutes, five minutes, whatever it was left, and we're at midfield, and you know we had a chance right there. I don't know how you feel, Bilal, but if this didn't work out with Salah, I want Rex back. Give me Rex back. I'm good. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. That's Bilal Powell. I'm Rami Lavi. Today is Monday. It's October 2nd. And this is what the Jets always do. It was so close. It was right there. The defending Super Bowl champions, they come home. They're, they're wearing the big, the throwback uniforms again. Woody Johnson is firing it up. Aaron Rodgers is in the building. Taylor Swift is there, which we don't want to hear about anymore, obviously. All these things, and you're right there. Zach Wilson has the game of his life, but it's another so close. What could have been? The ref screwed us. All these different things. I'm tired of hearing about it because this has been my life as a Jet fan for 30 years of the so close. I'm not 30 years old, but for the last 20 years, it's been what could have been. It's so close. What If we would have just did this or just did that, just replay these one moments like Salah talked about in the post game. Oh, I, I always want to replay one moment. You just can't do that. It's so frustrating that that's how it goes for this franchise also always it's another heartbreaking loss and yet i feel positivity because i'd rather be mad i'd rather be yelling i'd rather be angry about a close loss than to feel numb than to feel nothing at all after the patriots game you felt nothing at all down 17 nothing in the first quarter of this game it felt like we were going to come on this podcast and not have anything to talk about because they just got blown out by a team that's in a different league than you. Instead, they battled, they showed heart, they did all these things that make you get drawn back in, that make you emotionally invested in this team just to break your heart again. Bilal, you're a Jet fan now. You've been part of this organization now for, what, close to 15 years. How do you feel about last night's game? I felt pretty good. I felt pretty good. You know, I've been saying it. All, All Zach Wilson has to do is just go out and let it go. Stop being conservative. Just go, go, just go let it rip. Go show everyone why you were drafted. Number two overall. Number two overall. And like you said, 
close call once again for the New York Jet fan base. It's two or three plays that I'm sure that the New York Jets wish they could have back in that game. And it always comes down to it. It and always the thing does. About it, hey, listen, and the thing about it is you never know when those two plays will count until the game is over and you're looking at film or you're just sitting there as a fan like, wow, what just happened? So I like what I saw in that team. I like the fact that the offense was complementing the defense. Defense started out a little slower than usual. Offense started out slow, but they picked it up. And I was so excited to see that. I don't know. Maybe they're listening to our podcast. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Because I, I saw a lot of the things that we were trying to say in previous weeks with the New York Jets team on offense, on defense, and on special teams. So I'm excited to what I saw. It's a long season. Hopefully we can put it together, go get a win versus the Broncos. You know what's so interesting? You talk about Zach Wilson just airing it out, and you talked about Nathaniel Hackett on last episode. I talked about Zach Wilson opening the playbook pre, pre-snap motion. We talked about Nicole Hardman. Something interesting, I think like you said on a previous episode that it's weird. Why would you go out and get a guy like Nicole Hardman and then not use him? But they did. They only used Xavier Gibson in the exact same role that you would have used Nicole Hardman. So does that happen sometimes where a guy who's an undrafted free agent, a guy you didn't expect to be on the roster, is now taking over because he does exactly what Nicole Hardman does, but maybe better than him. Do you think that's what's happening? Because he was used a lot. Tons of pre-snap motion, a couple of end arounds, lots of you know confusion trying to set the defense off and really make those reads for Zach a lot easier in the game, and it worked. Uh, honestly, I think it all comes down to relationship. There's a relationship that Xavier Gibson has. There's a respect that he has with that organization. Could be the coaching staff. The coaching staff could look at him as a better fit in this offense than McCole Hartman. You know, I mean, you hate to see McCole Hartman sitting on the sideline because the, the guy's very explosive, but it all comes down to relationships in that business. And, it, you know, sometimes uh, it, it doesn't come down to productivity. It, it comes down to that one coach that likes you, that's pushing for you in those coaching meetings, saying, hey, let's get this guy his opportunity. And obviously he turned his, being an undrafted free agent, making a team, and then making a big stamp early on in this year with a with a special teams touchdown. So someone in that building really likes Xavier Gibson. Yeah, that, that's true. And you finally see, though, like you said, you see the, the Green Bay Nathaniel Hackett offense. You're seeing three tight ends being used the way they use the tight ends. Uzama was involved. He scores the touchdown. Tyler Conklin, I think, had the most receptions on the team, maybe outside of Garrett Wilson. And then Jeremy Ruckert had a couple of huge catches also in the game. So it felt like they were running. They, they took the handcuffs off. They took the training wheels, whatever you want to call that they had on Zach Wilson. They finally took it off and they let him go out there and play. And you saw even down 17 nothing. all of a sudden the confidence changes because now I'm being allowed to do what I can do. Hey, kid, go out there and run this offense the way we trust you to do it. What does that do for Zach Wilson's confidence? And do you think that affected the way he played for those, you know, middle drives of the game? I think the New York Jets have finally, Nathaniel Hackett, has finally found what fits Zach Wilson. Not Aaron Rodgers. What fits Zach Wilson? He was moving the pocket. He was play action. He was getting Zach deep on his drops. And, the, and, 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 I, and I would like to take my hat off to the offensive line. They did a good so job. Good. They did a good job of allowing Zach to go through his progressions. You know, early on in the game, he did miss a few uh, checkdowns going through his progression, but he got comfortable in that offense. And and I think as a fan base, we saw what Zach Wilson can do when he has time. When he has time in the pocket or when he's rolling out, we can see this guy extend plays. Uh, just like on this touchdown run, you can see him maneuver through through the pocket and extend plays and, and go in. That was a big play that he had later in the game with the two-point conversion. We saw all these different things that say, hey, that is why we drafted Zach Wilson. We saw him taking the top off. We saw him on the good back shoulder throws. I think those are the type of things that, you know, you you benefit from from having Aaron Rodgers in the building. Maybe Aaron was like, hey, if you can't get it over, put it on his back shoulder. Maybe that was an emphasis all, all week. Hey, we haven't gotten behind anyone all year. So if you're even, I'm throwing to your back shoulder. And that all starts with communication. What they did in that in that pregame, I mean, I'm sorry, in, in that uh in that uh game plan, Nathaniel Hackett, is exactly what I was expecting for Zach Wilson and this Jets offense to get going. 
Yeah, and it was time and time again with the back shoulder pass. It was almost like mm-hmm. that became his signature pass in that game. Like this could be something that you could be seeing for years. And not I don't want, I don't know about years. Hopefully Rogers is back next year, all that stuff. But last episode, we were so demoralized. We were we were texting when they were down 17-0. We were so angry. We were furious at what we were watching. And it felt like they saved the season. It's it, I don't know if you agree with this, but it feels like, can you save a season in a loss? Like it felt like the, the locker room came together. You saw after the game, the way they were consoling Zach and he's saying, no, that's my bad. I'm taking responsibility for it. And yet it feels like the team battled and they feel like, Hey, we had this, we were right there. Whereas they felt so dejected the previous week. And you know, just the, the downward spiral it was from losing Aaron Rodgers to everything that happened after that to culminating in that Patriots loss and Joe Namath coming out and speaking out against Zach Wilson, all that stuff. And now it feels like the team's back together. Is that something they could build on even though they lost the game? I think so. I think, I think Zach Wilson admitting, Hey, this game was my fault. This loss was my fault. And I think the defense expecting them to say, Hey Zach, this is all we need you to do. This is the Zach we've been wanting all year because we know we're not going to give up that many points. And maybe the defense is saying, Zach, we let you down. We didn't stop Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to give you another opportunity to go back down and score. And I think now that's what you want as a coaching staff to see your team come together. You see guys on the sidelines saying, hey, it's all good. It's, let's, let's go on. They get it because, honestly, I think everyone in this, in this business, everyone that was watching thought that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to come in and dominate the New York Jets. And I think we saw a glimpse of, wow, we're actually pretty good. And now we can actually go to the drawing board because now we know what is going to allow Zach Wilson to be Zach Wilson. And as a defensive guy, I'm sure those guys are saying, this is all we needed, Zach. We needed you to extend plays because we on three and outs, we're tired. We can't keep chasing Patrick Mahomes and, and, and we're playing man-to-man and they're running crossing routes. You have to give us some kind of breather. You saw the 10-play drive that he had. That was a beautiful drive. Probably one of the best drives Zach Wilson has had as a New York Jet. Like, that's what you want from your quarterback, from your franchise quarterback. As an organization, as a teammate, that's what you want to see from your starting quarterback in the National Football League. Yeah, and it was six minutes to start the second half. That drive, just dot after dot. They ran the ball a couple times. He was changing plays at the line. He looked like he was in full control. What happens from that point on is they don't score. Zach actually took the fault. He said, I I had an opportunity. I had the ball at midfield, and I fumbled, and I shouldn't have done that. And that's what cost us the game. But we're about... 10 minutes into the episode already, and we haven't discussed this, so we have to talk about the giant elephant in the room because there were two plays in particular on the last drive when it felt like the Jets' defense could have gotten off the field on third and 22. Jermaine Johnson is being held for a solid seven seconds. Nothing gets called. Tiki Barber said something interesting today on WFAN. He said, when you stop playing with Jermaine Johnson, he started, he saw, he started like hitting the guy on the helmet, like, stop holding me, but he stopped playing that's contributed to the call not getting called, but he's obviously being held. And then the call on Sauce Gardner, which is just so mind-boggling because it's ticky-tack in that spot in the game. He's barely touching him. And not only that, he touches him like five yards earlier. They continue to run like five yards further down the field. Then the ball is picked off and then the referee throws the... throws the flag it's sauce Gardner said after the game he said it's like when I'm playing pickup basketball and I drive to the rim and I see my layup I see it rim out and then I'm like oh now I call a foul because I saw my layup miss it's disgusting you cannot have that and I said it to start it's always these little things that seem to cost the Jets but this is infuriating because it really felt like if they stop them there Zach Wilson just give us a chance to watch Zach Wilson go down in school just give him a chance I don't say I'm not saying he was going to do it but I just wanted to see them have a chance to do it. And it felt like it was stolen away from them. As a player, as a player, I'm sure Sauce Gardner is, is racking his brain. He's probably watched that play a hundred times over. Just, you know, but when you, when you get into a game and as a team, when we're preparing for an opponent, we as players at least my time when I played, you get an entire layout of the, of the uh, crew, the officiating crew, what they like to call, what they don't like to call, or they're the top five in this, this they're the top, top bottom half in this. 
you got to get an idea of who you're going against. And to me, was there some kind of contact? Yes, absolutely. But that flag took a long time to be thrown. It, it, it took a long time. But then you also ask yourself, well, Ruff, what about this man almost being tackled on a yep. pass, on a third and 22? There's no reason. There's no reason. To me, as a referee, if I see a quarterback sitting in the pocket for almost seven <laughs> seconds, there has to be some kind of holding or something going on up front. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, when I saw for. the I, I saw the flag like marker come up on the broadcast, I was like, oh, they called the holding, they the obvious it. hold that everyone could see. <laughs> and they did. And sometimes they miss it. And and you know, you hate to get that letter on Tuesday apologizing for missing the call, but it's too late. You know, that's yeah. that's that one play that wish wish we could have had back because now you're talking about a third and 22 with us having an opportunity to can you continue to go back down and score. So, you know, you get deflated with those type of things, uh, you know, especially as a defense giving up a third and 22, that's a big deflation. That's, that's huge. That's, I mean, that, that, that sucks the life out of you as the defense getting up a third and 22 that late in the game, uh, let alone not being able to look at the jumbotron. You saw Robert losing his mind over that call and the, the call with sauce. Like this team is, for it to be for them to be right now where they are in the standings and their record, it still seems like a fun team. I've been a part of teams where it's already starting to, to fall apart, and you can just see the, the 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 frustration on everyone's face. It just seems like everybody's still believing, and I think that's a good thing for the New York Jets moving forward. Yeah, that's huge because we talked about it on last episode. Rodgers isn't going to want to come back if this falls apart, if this gets out of hand, if Salah loses the room, all these things. And it felt like even in a loss, you're one in three now. One in three going into the game felt like that was going to be a given. And when you're down 17 nothing, it felt like it was going to be a disaster. Rodgers has to love what he saw. He was in the building. He watched it. And he has to be just thrilled with what he saw this team do with what he saw this team battle back. He saw this team come together. It really, for the first time felt like, and you said this before we started recording, that was better than the bills game. They came together. It felt like more and, and they played for each other more than the bills game. The offense picked up the defense at the beginning of the game. I know they got the safety after going down 17, nothing. The defense gets the safety. Great. Bryce Huff had two plays where one, he gets Mahomes off his spot and, and, and Mahomes ends up throwing an interception. Another time he, forces the safety right by getting the the face mask call on him he didn't show up in the box score no tackles no plays in the box score but he had two huge plays in the game so shout out bryce huff but if you're aaron Rodgers, you're watching that and you're like hey i'm encouraged by what i'm seeing absolutely he should be encouraged that's a good football team uh, that's a very good football team looking at it on paper why not be why not be excited like, you just have to continue to put it together. You saw a glimpse of how good this offensive line is. Finally, they probably – you got to think these guys that haven't played together, this line. All right, give them a couple weeks, okay? Let, let's be honest. It's, it's it's easy to say, hey, well, he's getting paid. He's a professional. Uh, he should be able to jump right in there. No, man, he's human. These guys are human out there. They're just professionals. I get it. I understand it. But give these times – give these guys some time. And you will see this offensive line. I saw it. Like – I was excited about that part, not only in the pass game and protecting Zach Wilson, but in the run game, when, when you don't see guys in the backfield uh, having, you know, contact in the backfield, yep. you see how good our running backs are. You, you see what these guys can do. So, you know, just having this little glimpse uh, of the game last night, Jet fans should be excited about it. I know, I know it's the same old Jets. Why are we excited? We're wanting for all these different things, but you still should be excited because there are teams right now that look like they're they're a Super Bowl contending team that could flop in the middle of the season and go downhill. And there are teams right now that no one's thinking about making the playoffs, and they could be that team that sneaks into the playoffs and make a run for it. So Jet fans, hold on to it, man. I, I agree. And let's talk about the game for a second. Let's break it down a little bit. So I just wanted to break it down, the good from the game, the bad from the game, because there was a lot of good. There was a lot of bad, unfortunately. And that's that's how it goes every week. But when you put yourself in a chance, in a spot where you can win a game against the defending champions, against an MVP and Patrick Mahomes, those little things, those bad things kind of tend to stand out. But I want to start with the good, because I do think there's a lot of positive. And I think on previous episodes, we've been negative because there hasn't been so much positive. So in a day where there is so much positive, I want to start with the good. And number one is Zach. And it's not just his play on the field. His playing to his strengths is incredible, right? Like, you, you, his biggest strength is his arm strength. 
So he's throwing these darts outside the numbers, those back shoulder passes outside the numbers that only he can throw. Rodgers also can kind of throw them, but there's very few guys, even in the NFL, who can make some of the throws that Zach Wilson can throw. The, the touchdown to Alan Lazard that he zips it in there, right? Like mm-hmm. just gets through the safety's hand. That's a difficult throw to make. That was awesome. So credit Zach, credit Hackett. What I loved even more was Zach after the game. They showed a side-by-side. I posted this on my Instagram. I think you replied to it where last year against New England when they scored three points, the offense did, and they asked him in the postgame, Zach, do you feel like you let the defense down? And he said, no. This year, not only did he say, oh, we were down 17-0 and I brought the team back. He could have excused so many things that he did and the refs and all. He said, no, it was on me. I had the ball at the 50-yard line. I cannot let that happen. I cannot drop the snap. I, I need to be better. I knew the protection. I knew what was coming. I was starting to go to my left. I knew exactly what was happening and I take full accountability. You know what happens? He also did that. Alan Lazard said he stood up in front of the whole locker room and said it before he went to the podium. He said that in front of the whole locker room. Everyone looks at that guy and says, you're our leader. It changes everything. Am I wrong? No, it doesn't. And and you you watch the game just like everyone else. That was a complete team loss. Let's be honest. It wasn't just Zach Wilson. You know, you can, like I said, there's two or three plays that you wish you can have back. So that fumble at the end, that, that wasn't the only play that cost in the game. Let's talk about the missed field goal, okay? Yeah. You know, th- those are the small things. Let's talk about the, the drop interception. Uh, you know, a couple, a couple, uh, missed tackles yeah. that, that the defense started out with. Like, you know, let's, let's not think about the fact that their run, their running back was averaging almost 10 yards a carry. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that you can talk about. So, but, you know, I, I think Zach learned his lesson. Let's be real. I think he learned his lesson. He understands now, uh, to be, uh, in, in this, in this league and, and, and be considered a, a leader, still being a young guy in this league, take responsibility. Take responsibility. Take it for what it is. Show your teammates you care. Show your teammates you you want to win. And you'll gain respect. That's the only way you're going to do it. Like, I think him, you know, doing that, I think the defense need to say, okay, we, we got it. We got your back. And now you can see, you probably see this team come together. I love it. And, and it also feels like now you're going on the road for a road trip with a chip on your shoulder in a game where you're trying to, you're playing for Nate Hackett. And it's like, we came together at the perfect time because now a road trip can continue to bond us. Right. And we could come together. We feel like we all have each other's backs. It's us against the world. So we'll talk about that in the road ahead a little bit later, but I want to hit on a few more positives from the game. And then we'll talk about some of the negative. You mentioned the offensive line. How great was Joe Tipman in this game? Brian Baldinger, who does some great work for Odyssey and a bunch of other places, NFL network did a great breakdown showing how he played in this game. Joe Tipman, since he started the last two weeks, is awesome on the offensive line. And it feels like this, finally, you have the five that's going to be your offensive line moving forward. I think it's good to, to find a home for everyone. And, and now everyone found their niche. And, and now you just have to run with it. I think the offensive line just needs to understand if we can just uh, find a way to make time for this quarterback, find a way to keep guys out of the backfield with the two running backs that we have. Brees Hall is special. I mean... It, as a, as a defensive coordinator, you have to almost hold your breath every time the guy touches. He needs the ball. to have more than six carries in a game. I'm sorry, he just and needs he, to have. Yeah. I like that, and I honestly, and, I, and I'll say this too: I would like to see him get into more of a rhythm. I would like to see Brees get the ball twice, two times in a row. Like his first run was what 12 yards. So give it to him go again. Right back to him. Yep. Go right, go right back to him. Let him like a guy like that. Let him build up the momentum. As soon as he gets in and he's on the roll, you switch him out. Then this guy got to come in and get on the roll, and then you want to put him back in. So my biggest thing now, just moving forward with Brees Hall, we know he's the guy. I get it. You paid Dalvin Cook seven, eight million dollars, but Brees Hall is your guy. He's the guy that's going to bring more explosion to this offense right now. To to me, this is what I'm thinking about. Uh, keep him in. And, and I think, you know, the O-line knows that Brees Hall is the guy. I think when they know who's running that ball, when they know that Jack Wilson is comfortable, it's only going to give them more confidence to do their job. Yeah, it's awesome. And you you even see it a couple of times where, you know, Makai Becton maybe will get beat on the initial move, but he'll recover and, and, and be like, okay, I'm not going to give up on, on this block. I, I, I know Zach... He'll have my back. He'll buy me a couple of seconds. So I'll recover and go find that guy again and, and give him another shove or something. You you see things that 
you see them playing together. You saw some of the stuff where they're passing guys off to each other, where Chandler Jones is coming here, or not Chandler, but um, uh, Chris Jones, rather, is coming here, and he's coming at me, and I get one end on him, but I have someone coming this way. I know that my center is going to pick him up. Like, there's different things that happen off in the offensive line that there's the communication you're seeing it starting to come together. Speaking of communication, one of the biggest positions that requires communication on defense is the linebacker position. And I can't believe, I feel like this is the first time we're mentioning his name or one of the set few, few times we've mentioned his name. But I, I think I'm ready to go ahead and say, I think the best defensive player on the Jets is Quincy Williams. Like, we talk so much about his brother, Quinn, and we talk about Sauce, we talk about C.J. Mosley. Quincy Williams was all over the field and I had the stats. I, I do want to pull them up again. So it, quickly, you can vamp while I talk, while I try and pull these stats up. How special is that guy as a player? He is. He, he, he reminds me of a guy that just goes sideline to sideline, 100 miles an hour. And as a running back, I would hate to face a guy like that. A guy that can, a guy that can get to the quarterback on the blitz, a guy that can cover you out of the backfield, and a guy that can run sideline to sideline. For a running back, that is that is <laughs> that's an arch enemy. You know what I mean? That's an arch enemy, man. And a guy you don't want to play week in and week out. He's a good complimentary to CJ Mosley, man. Let's let's be honest. I mean, that that linebacking core is just they, they complement each other so well. And then when you add in the D line, a D line that you know that that are allowing uh O line. I mean, just freeing up these linebackers on the backside. You you can't you can't have Quentin Williams on a single. You have to double him, which is freeing yep. up our linebackers. And and you just starting to see how they complement each other in their positions. And like I said, Quentin Williams is very special, man. Uh, he deserves the contract that he he got. And uh, you know, I think you'll see him for a, a very long time in his league. And Quincy, what he did in this game, 13 tackles, 10 solo tackles, two tackles for a loss, and two pass deflections. Remember, he did have that one play where he's running up. He, he had the tight end, right? And he picked him up, and he's running right with him, stride for stride, and knocks the ball away. Like, mm -hmm. this guy, what he can do in coverage? Like, I think CJ's a little bit older now. He probably can't do that still in coverage. I think, like you said, he compliments CJ Mosley so well, and he compliments what his brother Quinnen does on the line so well. And it feels like he's the piece that almost brings the defense together, and he brings the energy Right, every time he makes a tackle, he's up and 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 yelling and and brings that kind of energy that they feed off of Robert Sala, of course, as well. Um, so I just I, I feel like we had to point him out because he was so fantastic in this game. The defense as a whole, after the first quarter, right, they go down seventeen nothing. They brought this team back in the game, right? Because think about it, they get the safety, and then the very next possession, they get the ball, right? Because they get the safety, the Jets go down, kick a field goal, so now it's seventeen five, and they get an interception. It felt mm -hmm. like. All the things we talked about with Joe B, which they don't get enough pressure, bro. They don't get enough, enough pressure on this defense. All these things he's saying, right? He's like, oh, bro, they, they, when are they going to force turnovers? They did everything in this game. They got the pressure on Mahomes. Mahomes looks uncomfortable. How many times did we see him throwing off his back foot or hesitating because of the linebackers in the middle of the field, because of the pressure in his face? It's hard to do that to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have games like this. This is one of the worst games we've seen him play in the NFL, and that's because of this defense. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the defensive line and the stunts that they were running were unbelievable. They were unreal. I mean, you saw the the how many holding penalties that they have on that Kansas City offensive line. Oh, like, man, Juwan these Taylor guys thought, I mean, they, they had the Exactly. They had their ears like pinned back. Like you would think that uh going into this game that we would have heard a lot about Chris Jones, Chris Jones. So you gotta, you gotta, you know, take your hat off to uh, Nathaniel Hackett and the offensive staff for finding a way to keep him out being from being a disruption for the game, and then tilt your hat off to the defensive coordinator over there for the New York Jets, saying, "Hey, man, you had guys running stunts. You know, let's use Quinnen as a as a decoy to free this guy. Like you just seen so many free lanes from that defensive line. I think that's probably the best game that they had this year so far." For sure. And Jeff Ulbrich doesn't get talked about enough. They talked so much about Steve Spagnuolo on the pro on the broadcast, right? Or, or whoever is the defensive coordinator. How many times did you hear them talk about Jeff Ulbrich? Did they show him on the broadcast once? Did they mention him once? I don't think so. Like mm -hmm. when people talk about this defense, they talk about Robert Sala and what he brought over for San Francisco. But Jeff Ulbrich is such a big part of this defense. It feels like they take on his personality also. And like you said, that the schemes that he was running were fantastic in this game. One more thing because this was a guy who we criticized on last episode. So before we get to some of the negative, I just want to shout him out. Randall Cobb, his, it felt like his presence on the field was finally felt. It felt like in the pass blocking game, in the run blocking game, rather, some of the pass blocking game also, 
But it felt like a couple times when Zach needed someone, he makes that play where he catches it and then reaches out for the first down. There's a veteran presence that he has in the huddle that he has on the field and off the field. And you still see he's still got game in him. And I know I made some jokes about last week him being old and stuff. It, it finally, I understood he's, he feels like he was on the field less in this game, but his times on the field felt more productive. Oh, he did look productive. And, and you, you, you want a guy like that. You want a savvy, uh, like a savvy veteran in a game like that. That's going to calm down guys in the huddle. Let's be honest. He, he, he's seen, he's seen a lot of football. He's been in some big games. Uh, over his career. So, you know, you need a guy like that, especially with Zach out there, just talking to him in the huddle, you know, talking to him on the sideline. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's obviously, he's not going to take the roof off like he used to, but he's a guy that can find the holes. You can, you can check the ball down to this guy. You know what I mean? Like he understands uh, the, the scheme. He understands what the defense is giving him and he's just playing his role. He's doing a good job of playing his veteran role right now for that team. And Garrett Wilson targeted 14 times in the game. This is one thing we talked That's what about. We need it. That's exactly. Let everybody know who, who's your guy. Yeah. And you, know you look I mean? at the breakdown. He was targeted 14. Lazard caught all three targets he had. Conklin was targeted six. Rucker targeted a couple of times. Hall four times. Carter three times. Cobb four times. Gibson. He's just spread it around. You finally were able to get the offense in rhythm. And that's why you're getting all these guys involved. Some of the bad, because we have to talk about the bad. The number one, number one negative thing. <laughs> these refs, man. I, I can't. They killed me in this game. It's just awful. I, it's it cost them the game. I I, I don't want to be one of those guys who's you know coming out here and saying, oh, they blew it. We didn't do no. The Jets had opportunities to win this game. That certainly, but in the biggest spot, the refs pulled the game away from them and they took control of this game. There's no other way to say it. It's just a fact. I think my bad for that. It's definitely going to be the tackling from the defense. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that 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 is my bad. And you know, I, I, I'm a player from a player. You hate to say, "Oh, the ref did this, the ref did that." And the last thing, as a player, as a coach, you do not want to put anything in the ref's hands. Can we argue that they made some bad calls? Absolutely. But will we argue that maybe they missed some calls on us as well? We won't. So, you know, you have to just take the loss. I think you got to look at some of the, the the mishaps that we had later on in the game that cost us. Oh, and for I sure. Think, uh, you know, some of the things that we did early on in the game as far as missed tackles. Um, early on, the defense just looked like it was just bad communication. You had guys wide open in the flat. Um, you know, it's just it just didn't look good starting out. Uh, you know, they came out. They settled down. You, you like to see that. But I think what our defense needs to do is just – I guess learn to start fast with teams like this. You know, you you talk about them getting into the red zone. Our red zone defense is insane. Like, now, how can we find a way to stop them from getting to the red zone? I think that yep. should be our biggest thing uh, from our all, from our defensive standpoint. Um, uh, going and moving forward in the games, like you you see, you're still giving up you know, 23 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, when everybody thought they were going to come in and put up 40. Um, you know, I think they do a good job in the red zone, but just find a way to 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 prevent them get from getting into the red zone is on my only bad thing. It's just the tackling, man, and the, and the miscommunication early on in the game. Yeah, I want to throw this at you. So they lost the first quarters in first quarters. I'm pretty sure they're being outscored 30 to nothing mm-hmm. in first quarters this year. How like is that on the coaching? Like, how do you come out so slow? You can't you can't come out down set and be down 17 nothing to Patrick Mahomes after one quarter. You're just not gonna win that game. Like, we could talk about the refs, we could talk about all these different things, but you can't be down 17 nothing 12 minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of it is game plan. You know, obviously, like you go throughout the whole week having this game plan in thinking that you have this opponent's tendencies. And then they come out thinking like, okay, when they get into this formation, this is what we're going to check to. But those guys over there get paid just like we do. They find holes and wrinkles in our defense. I think we were so focused on Travis Kelsey (laughs) on the defensive side of the ball that we lost the tight end uh, going right behind us. Uh, And that's just miscommunication. That's, you know, they started out, Kansas City did a good job starting out showing their best hand 
And, and, and what I would say to our defense, we did a good job of settling down. For sure. And, 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 and just understanding, like, hey, we can really play with this team. So, you know, I'll take my hat off to the defense for doing that. One more thing, kind of the bat, and then we'll take a quick break, is just the the miscues. It feels like in a game that's a close game, like I said, that that's going to be a loss. There's so many miscues in the game. The drop from Michael Carter, it ultimately led to the decision to go for a 53-yard field goal, which I think is a terrible decision. If you're Robert Sala, he said after the game, well, we probably would have had to kick a field goal anyway. Here's the thing. What's the worst thing that could happen if you don't get the first down? It's fourth and one. If you don't get the first down, it's a turnover at that spot. If you try and kick a field goal and you miss it, Patrick Mahomes still has 30 seconds. He gets the ball 30 yards closer, or sorry, seven yards closer, right? Because seven yards back from the field goal. Absolutely. So he gets the ball even closer and you're giving him the ball with 30 seconds left. They're lucky they got an interception after that or Mahomes could have put three more points up on the board before the halftime. That is so terribly mismanaged. You have to look in the upside. Okay, so you get three points. Great. Or if you convert, maybe you still have a couple of chances to go at the end zone and then still, okay, you kick three points, but you'll actually get the three points. That ultimately was the difference in the game. And I know we're not talking about this if he makes the field goal. Why? Because if he if it doesn't hit the upright, if it goes in instead, then we're not talking about this because he made the field goal. Great, but he missed it. And you have to look at that if you're Robert Sala. That's just so many decisions at the end of halves that Robert Sala has made as his ten, in his tenure as Jets head coach feel like, how that's... But it all comes back to Michael Carter drops a pass that was wide open. Zach Wilson made a great play to escape the pocket. He rolls to the right, flips it to Michael Carter. And if he doesn't drop that, they pick up a first down there. They could have dwindled the clock all the way down to zero before kicking the field goal. So just miscues, the penalties. Ultimately, yeah, it sucks that they're going to call penalties. Don't put yourself in a position to have penalties called on you. Missed tackles on the Isaiah Pacheco run. How many missed tackles were there? Especially there was one, I think Michael Clemens had him in the backfield, right? Or someone had him in the backfield and could have stopped the run right there. And he just wiggles his way through. And that's give credit to Pacheco, but so many missed tackles early in the game, the miscommunication, like you talked about where Jordan Whitehead is pointing, he's coming down because he's so scared of Kelsey and he lets Noah Gray get behind him. And by the way, how funny is that? Like every single person who has Travis Kelsey on their fantasy team or has bet on a Travis Kelsey touchdown has had that moment where they're watching the game on Sunday and they're like, like, Oh, Kelsey's go. Oh no, that's great. That's great. You know, Taylor Swift was in the booth, like cheering, like, ah, it's Kelsey. No, no, no. Yeah, that's that's, it wasn't great. that's even great. <laughs> yeah. She definitely, she definitely had that moment, which we can all relate to. Uh, definitely some Swifties having that moment for the first time is fun, but back to the jets, just so many miscues and that like, what does that come down to? How can we clean that up? Because to, you can have all the talent in the world, but to win these close games, playoff games, God forbid, I should mention the playoffs with, with this team. But if this ever comes down to close games at the end of the season to win these games, you're going to have to clean those things up. Absolutely. I, I think there's, I mean, Zach Wilson overthrowing Garrett Wilson. Yeah. And they that scored was, on that drive. Yeah. That I mean, those still, are the things, those are the things that you can't. I thought have. Conklin could have caught the other touchdown where he's diving for it he's after diving Zach forward, you know, that and CJ Mosley dropping the interception that hit him right in the hands. hands. You know, there are so many things you can go back and, and, and say the the miscues and the mishaps. My, Michael Carter drop was big. Um, but you know, he wasn't the only one. And like I said, man, it's there's that, that was a that was a total team loss. It, it, we didn't we, you know. <laughs> Opening up the, the paper and, and looking at the, the internet on the blogs and everything, you couldn't say that, oh, the offense lost that game. Oh, no, the defense lost the game. Like, there were a bunch of guys you could say, man, oh, we can just have that one back. And yeah. as a staff, that's what you want. That was a complete team loss. We did what we did as a team. They came out on top. They were just a better team that night by three points. You can you can probably look yourself in the mirror and say that. Like it wasn't like we laid down. It, it wasn't like you know it was this thing was just one lump uh lump slide sided thing where it was a landslide. Like no, that was a complete law. And again, uh, the punter who you, who you was your guy? Moore said he's still kicking. I mean he's he's putting the ball. He's punting the ball. I mean. Given given the defense good field position, like that's what you want to see. You know, Xavier Gibson to me, a 12 15 yard punt return is a positive. Uh, you know, that was just a complete team loss, and I think Robert Solis should be proud uh, of, of his team, and I'm sure he is. And I'm sure he's saying, Hey, we got to figure this out going into uh, Denver uh, this week, and I think we should get that win. And I think that that you know, playing that type of game versus Kansas City. 
going into Denver Broncos to possibly get a win and in an away game to put us to the body, get ready for the Eagles, I think it's just a good scenario right now. I know it may sound crazy, but it's a good scenario right now moving forward. Yeah, so a big thing on Hard Knocks was Robert Sala said, okay, you did this, now what? Now what? That was one of the themes of Robert Sala, how he talks to this team. Coming up, we're going to talk about now what? You kind of alluded to it, playing Denver next week. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with that. All right, coming back. Before we get to now what, I actually have one thing for you. Throw this at you. Are you into conspiracy theories? Because I'm not. But (laughs) Sauce Gardner's throwing some conspiracy theories, and now he's just aggregating it. Everyone's been throwing it out. But right after the game, the header for the NFL official accounts Twitter was pictures of Taylor Swift celebrating the win. And their Instagram bio said, Chiefs, the Chiefs are 2-0 and as Swifties. When you see those two things and how much positive buzz the NFL is getting for having Taylor Swift in all these events, and you combine that with the ref making a key call late in a game, it almost feels like, oh yeah, maybe this was scripted. Maybe the NFL is trying to root for the Chiefs. Like, how do you not think that, right? I, I try to stay away from the the, the conspiracy stuff, man. Like, I, <laughs> it's it's the National Football League, man. Like, it, it was a, it, to me that they should have let him play through that. Um, but let's be honest, you you saw the call that they got last year in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was it was it was, sim- it was a similar call that was questionable. Like, was that enough contact to really call that? Like, you know, obviously. You know, Sauce ran another five yards with the defender before. I think, I think, I want to say Michael Carter intercepted the ball yep. before he threw the flag. Yes. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, somebody said today they thought the penalty was on the return, was on like there was an offensive penalty on the return or some oh, sort of penalty yeah. on the return because that's how late the flag came out. It, it was late, man. And, and, you know, I would hate to say that. I mean, sitting here thinking about it now, I'm like, who knows? It is a business. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to speak too, too, too in depth on it, but you know, I just think that's one of those things where like, come on, man, like you, you got to probably let them play through that because at the end of the day, I don't think he was even able to get to the ball, even if there wasn't contact. Like, I think there should have been a huddle to discuss uh, a catchable ball at, at that time. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I just, I just throw was outside. Yeah, I, I just don't think it was a catchable ball. I don't think and God knows what Michael Carter was doing too much. Outside. Yeah, yeah. God, Michael Carter probably shouldn't have even been there in that spot. Exactly. But hey. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Two guys in one spot, right? Yeah. Um, but with the sideline uh, right there. Exactly. So you know, for me, I, I just I just say, hey, let them play through that one. There's certain things you let them play through, and certain things you don't. Like, I, you know, I don't know, but like I said, different different officiating crews are different than and way they call things, and you get that you get that information sitting in team meeting, getting ready for the opponent. So, you know, you kind of have an idea of what these guys call. Yeah, it's just, it's tough to watch. But uh, again, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, again, it's a business. They they need to make money. That's what it's about. So let the conspiracies run, <laughs> conspiracy theories run wild. I, I'm not going to shut them down because this time it benefits me. Like I had money on the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I was pretty quiet after that, that pass interference or holding was called in the Super Bowl. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, it was probably hold. <laughs> but right now that it's the Jets, you know, I'm pretty mad about it. Here's the thing. Now what is the big question? We talked about how there could be so much positive to learn from this, but there's also things that need to be cleaned up. The biggest positive is Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson plays like that, he this team could win 10 games the rest of the year, even though they're one in three. And I'll give you the path right now. It's laid out for them. Denver is a must, must win game. You're going against a team that's a terrible defense where you should have a chip on your shoulder because of the, the comments they made about Nate Hackett, and they're not a very good football team. Go on the road where you're, no, there's no pressure on you, right? You're the road team. Just go on the road. You don't have to do it in front of a home crowd and go win one football game. That's all I'm asking. Zach, do exactly what you did. The three-step, the hitch, the throw, find either first target, second target, quick decisions, the, the discipline that he had in that game. And let me put this out there for you. Do you think there are seven teams in the AFC that are better than the Jets right now? Just after you watch what you watched last night, after you watched the Bills game on uh, on opening night, do you think there are seven teams better than the Jets? I don't think so. I don't think the Patriots are better than the Jets. If Zach Wilson plays the way he played last night, they're for sure not. No, I don't. I don't. I, see I think it. the Bills are better. Miami's better, although that's questionable after what happened this week. The Chiefs yeah. are better. 
I think Jacksonville might be better, maybe. And Baltimore's better. That's it. There's seven playoff teams. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say Baltimore. I mean, I but haven't they're, seen they're any games from Baltimore that, I mean, the record shows it, but I don't think, yeah. I, I think we can go in and beat a Baltimore. Like, I don't. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, like for me, I'm looking at the Eagles like, all right, that's going to be a tough one. That might yeah. be a. But, but Cincinnati's been trash. The entire trash. AFC South has been pretty much trash. The Chargers have been terrible. Like, mm-hmm. All these teams that you thought coming into the year were going to be good teams are not. So maybe now it's like, hey, we can win a lot more games or we can win fewer games mm-hmm. and still be one of the best teams in the AFC and end up going to the playoffs. Yeah. We're 1-0 in the division against the team that's by far the best team in the division. Sure, we lost the Patriots, but at the end of the year, I don't think the Patriots are going to be denying us from a playoff spot. We still never played Miami. And by the way, if you think Miami's that great, watch what they did against Buffalo. They got killed by Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So like, it feels like right now it's like, all you have to do, and you mentioned Philly. Philly's not that great. They haven't. They their record is good. They're four and zero. They haven't played that great. They haven't looked that great when you watch the games. That could be a winnable game at home. So all of a sudden you look at this and you're like, go into Denver, win a game, and then come home, and then you could still. There's a path for them to go into the buy at three and three, and then it starts from there. And if Zach continues playing like this, and you keep building, like this team could be still a ten win team with everything that's happened. You don't think they could be a 10-win team from what I saw last night? I love the positivity, Rami. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, hey, this is the most positive we've been, man, since like week one, man. Dude, I'll say say (laughs) this. It's it's so interesting because I'm not ready to change my whole mind on Zach Wilson because of one game. Like, show me this consistently for a couple weeks in a row. Be consistent. But, consistent. But as fans, we live in the moment. As fans, this is what we do. I'm going to call it the way I see it. And right now I see a positive. So why would I dwell in negativity? I wrote this down. I was like, look, if he plays this way, a couple of weeks, couple more weeks going into the buy, of course I'm ready to, 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 I want him to shut me up. Like at least for this week, he shut me up. Like I cannot go to the same negative yelling and screaming about this kid. Like I did four days ago after the way he played last night. Like he shut but me up. Not, for a week. not only, not only did Zach shut me up, all right, but Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, like he put. He was. It was just like, hey, he pulled the tricks out of the bag, and yep. th- their offense for the first time this year did not look predictable. Exactly, it it, it did not look predictable. Like I, I, you didn't had no idea where the ball was going when they lined up to snap the ball. So he, he to me, I think Nathaniel Hackett needs to say, okay, how do we continue to do this? How do we continue to get creative? And get our guys the ball. Like now, do we do we do we give Garrett Wilson some jet sweeps and have? I don't know what you do, but one thing that I would say you do is keep Brees Hall in the game. Get Dalvin. And, and Dalvin Cook cannot be. He's I'm stealing be honest, money from this team right now. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, man. Like I, I I like the Michael Carter. I like the Michael Carter coming in as a change of pace. Uh, back right now, like uh, Dalvin Cook does not look comfortable in the offense right now, man. Like you can just tell by the build? choppy steps that he's taking. Yeah. Like usually, when you see a running back taking choppy steps like that, they're not really comfortable in in rhythm. Or sometimes guys don't really understand the blocking scheme because he hasn't been in his this 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 offense very long. Like he's he's still getting adjusted to this. Like you got to think, you do an entire off season in OTAs, and then you do a training camp. Well, he came later in training camp. Yep. So he's 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 behind the A ball by a long time, by, by a long shot right now. And he just doesn't look comfortable. So why not keep Brees Hall in the mix and make him your workhorse and have Michael Carter? Like, but they're in this dilemma because they paid they paid this man so yep. much money that they're forced to put him in. And sometimes that comes from that comes from someone higher than you. Yep. Uh, and we all know what that is. You know what I mean? So that sometimes I think messes up the rhythm. Um, you know, early on, I was like, oh, this is a good sign. Oh, they, that's a good sign. And that's a good sign. But now I'm looking like, ooh, man, that, that's putting them in the in a jam right now because Brees is just now getting rolling. And then you got to piss this guy in. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And it, it killed the whole offensive rhythm. It, you saw so many drives where they had, okay, but they picked up five yards, six yards. And then it's like, oh, on first, on second and seven, we ran it with with uh, with Dalvin Cook, and now it's third and nine again, and we're backed up in a bad situation. It killed so many like drives. Flea flicker. I'm like, what? Are oh we, my god. I'm like, dude, what are we doing right now? Yeah. Like, keep going forward. Like, don't pull that out until we have to. Like, that's a third quarter. Like, you know, we're running a ball, and we're trying to get them to come up, and 
Exactly. I mean, you know, I, I just think he wish he, I think Nathaniel Hackett wish he had that one back, man, that, that one play call for him. Yeah, there were so many things. I, right before Zach fumbles the ball, they hand it off to Dalvin Cook and he gains negative yards. And then all of a sudden, you're, Zach's in a tough spot where now the defense, the defensive line can pin their ears back and run. And he's worried about the rush because you're set up in a second and long. That doesn't happen if you got a positive run there with Brees Hall, who I know they're trying to they're trying to be careful with him, but he looks like he's ready. He looks like he's fully back. So let's let's use him. Let's use Brees. And what I want to see to start the game in Denver is those same play calls we saw. Scripted exactly the way you scripted the second half coming out of the half. Hey, like, it, don't, it don't work that way, man. I, trust you. me, I know. Yeah, it, I mean, it, you know better. I than wish I it do. was that. I wish it was that easy, man. I, I'm telling but, you, you 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 probably gonna see similar things, man. You just have to get to those plays from different formations and shifts and putting guys in different positions. Like you have to, like, okay, they're going here. Uh, we have to make them think that we're running this play, but really we're we're catching you and your mishaps. That's yep. how thing is going to have to go and every week that's how it's going to have to be and i say look at the opposing team in their film and still a couple plays that they got uh they got you know pretty much demolished on and let's put that in our oh, game justin plan. fields you know <laughs> like yeah let's put it let's put it in our game plan you know still four or five plays from the other team and put it and you know implement it in our game plan yeah and, and I, I just want to see that that aggressiveness coming out the gate right away Open the game, boom, we're taking it to you. I If the Jets win the toss, I want the ball first. I know they deferred in this game. They defer a lot. I want the ball first. I want to come out, and I want to take it to Denver. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I, I'm the same way. Did we open up the game? We opened up the game with two passes. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that was the first. You know what I mean? I, I think you know because what? of what ultimately, boys I think, I think ultimately that might be what gave Zach some of that confidence where it's like, hey, we're letting you throw it. We're like, yeah, let's they, go. Yeah. yeah, and they couldn't bring up the safety and they couldn't bring up the guys. It opened everything up. I thought the game plan was perfect. I want to see more of it. And I, I, like I said, I'm positive for now. That could flip to negativity if you lose to a team. You cannot lose to Denver. You have to win. So we have a huge week. We're going to preview the game against Denver later this week. Uh, we did want to give quickly our player of the game. Who's your player of the game? I like Zach. Yeah, Zach Wilson was obviously the player of the game. Just like Zach. he was fantastic. What we saw from him, I never thought in my life, especially that six that that six minute drive that we talked about starting the second half. I've never seen that from him, and I I think like more than I talked about on last episode, the play he made against Tennessee. Like we saw these glimpses of these big plays that he could make off schedule, like running, rolling out of the pocket, and making these plays. What was so impressive about this was he was in rhythm, in control, and I think like he needs to keep building on that. We have a huge week this week. We have a huge guest coming up later this week. We're also going to talk and preview the game against Denver. So a lot more to get to. Until next time, Bilal, thanks for doing this, and we'll talk soon, all right? All right, man. I'll see you. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.